I can rep presents for fucking hours if someone's getting stabbed while they're in a Santa suit. Hi, I'm Carolyn. And I'm Eric. And this is We Used to Be the Smart Kids, where we take deep dives on shallow topics. Today, we're talking about... A Violent Night. Just saw it in theaters, and it dovetailed nicely into a topic that Care is sick of hearing about, so I'm doing a podcast so she never has to hear about it again. Yeah, fun facts. This is one of the very first things I learned about you. I enjoy Christmas horror movies. I have a collection. I'm always on the lookout for more. I mean, I cheat a little. Gremlins is in there. The Thin Man's in there. Die Hard's in I'm there. Sorry, whoa, 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 back up. What do you mean Gremlins is cheating? That was like, so I met Eric, and he was like, "Do you know any Christmas horror movies?" And I said Gremlins, and now you're telling me that's not even real. Yeah, there are Christmas lights and there blood. Are Christmas li- you're, you're, what are the requirements? It's ostensibly a children's movie. It's terrifying as shit, but it's ostensibly a children's movie. How does that disqualify it? I don't know. Most Christmas movies are children's movies. So isn't yes. this like ulti- the ultimate, Most, the ultimate yeah. Christmas movie subversion targeted at children? Accurate. Boom. Mic drop. Okay. I went to see Violent Night the other night and it was delightful. It hit everything I'm looking for in a Christmas horror movie. It is my platonic ideal of a Christmas horror movie now. And that is saying a lot based on all of the movies I've watched in the past. It's actually a movie that's really in conversation with the entire history of Christmas horror, Christmas action, any alternative Christmas movie that you can think of that people are like, it's a Christmas movie. We can watch it at Christmas when everyone's putting on It's a Wonderful Life. I like Christmas horror movies because I am that asshole that does not want to watch Muppet Christmas Carol over and over again through the holidays. I like to break it up. I like to have my own little counter programming where there's blood and guts and everything I normally watch through the year but through a Christmas lens. It hits me in my happy place. It puts me more in the Christmas spirit. I've tried to share this with so many people. So far, my wife has been the only one who's had patience to watch more than two or three with me. And she loved Violent Night as well, which I was not expecting but I'm very happy with. Because it's a movie with heart as well as blood and guts. So what do you know about Violent Night? I'm pretty sure I sent you a trailer, but I don't know if you watched it. (laughs) Did not watch it. Yeah. Yeah, that's the way of things. (laughs) Oh, God. Eric sent me another fucking video. No. No, we're not watching that. (laughs) No, I didn't. I did not watch uh, the Violent Night trailer. I don't remember you sending it to me, but that means nothing. So the basic plot is it's Christmas Eve, as it's wont to be in Christmas horror movies. Excuse me, in all Christmas movies. That is not unique to the Christmas horror genre. Fuck you, there's 12 days of Christmas. A lot of people like to do the build-up. It's Christmas Eve. Santa is real. As we follow him, as he goes to a bar, gets drunk, gets in his sleigh, says the reindeer do most of the work, so it's fine that he's driving drunk. Is he really driving (laughs) drunk? Yes, he is. Santa has lost the true meaning of Christmas. All the kids are little shits who just want video games, and he's tired. (laughs) He is off on his rounds and comes across this giant fuck-off mansion where the richest people live. And this family is enjoying their Christmas holiday right up until they're taken hostage by terrorists. I mean, that would ruin the spirit of Christmas for me. John Leguizamo is the leader of the terrorists. He does a wonderful job. All of the terrorists (laughs) have Christmas code names. They're dressed up as holiday help for the party that she's throwing for her family. She being the matriarch of the family, this evil bitch. It's the mom from National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Okay. Grown up in lots of plastic surgery. I mean, she was grown up then. Anyway, she is more (laughs) grown up. 
horrible bitch, uh, dominates her family. Her kids have to suck up to her because one day they want to be left the empire. Everyone's basically terrible except for the son's wife and their daughter, who are the purest of pure, true meaning for Christmas through and through. Husband is trying to be a better person for them and not suck up to the mom. But then the terrorists show up, and it turns out they want the $300 million that she keeps locked in a vault in the basement that she stole from the government, which she was supposed to spread around the Middle East to get oil rights somehow. I don't know. It's You stole money from the government to give to terrorists, but you didn't give it to the terrorists. What the fuck? You're just keeping it? It's a terrible plan. <laughs> I mean, it's a plan that would have worked. Have there not been yes. terrorists yes. in Santa? Okay. Santa is uh, delivering presents right when this happens and gets surprised by a terrorist and ends up killing him. Santa is trying to escape, goes up the chimney, and the reindeer leave without him because there were gunshots. Reindeer got <laughs> spooked, drove off without Santa. So Santa is stuck in this mansion with the terrorists and the rich fuckhead family. That's really good. That's, that's good setup and payoff. So the little girl... The granddaughter of the matriarch, who is also named the same name as the matriarch, Gertrude. I'm picturing her as played by Mara Wilson. She is not. Well, no, Mara Wilson's like an old woman now. I mean, I, she's my age. But. No, but it's a mixed race couple. The wife is black. The husband is possibly Latino. I'm not sure. Oh, okay. So we're so, getting better representation in the Christmas horror genre than we, we are, are in the actual <laughs> Christmas genre. Yes. So she's this adorable little kid. She's given a last minute present from her father of a walkie talkie. He says can communicate with Santa. It cannot, but it does end up on the frequency of the radio of the terrorist Santa killed and stole the walkie talkie from. Okay, okay. So she's talking to Santa and begging him to save them. And Santa's like, oh, Jesus Christ, I cannot let another fucking kid down. This is amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Santa goes around murdering all the terrorists. Turns out he was a Viking back in the day. He used to swing a hammer around and kill a bunch of people before he became Santa Claus. He doesn't quite understand Christmas magic. He just kind of goes with it. Like they're hinting at a whole lot of backstory here. Yeah. They don't actually follow through on it, which I fucking loved. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of world building, but leaving it so open-ended that it's great. I forgot to mention that the father and mother are separated now because he's a sniveling little shit with his mom and she didn't want to put up with that anymore. Fair. So he's decided he's going to break away, and it turns out he brought a present for his mother, which was her favorite bottle of whiskey, and a note saying the night before he'd actually already stolen that $300 million from the vault. So so it's nowhere. So it's nowhere. (laughs) That's good, yeah. So the terrorists are a little pissed off about that. Yeah, I imagine they would be. He's about to get his nuts stuck in a nutcracker and finally gives it up and says, oops, I was the one who stole it. Please don't nutcracker my nuts. Things progress from there. Santa starts enjoying himself. He finds a sledgehammer in the garage slash whatever and goes to town on the bad guys santa kills a bunch of people more gruesome and gruesome ways hits him with a sledgehammer puts him through a snowblower the little girl ends up escaping and hiding in the attic little girl loves home alone you're seeing where this is going i do yeah this is also an r-rated movie so her home alone traps get a little extreme here's what actually would have happened if that had happened to the wet bandits Oh my god, this guy has a nail through his head. He's dead now. No, he's not. Yeah, he is. He's just walking around like a zombie. He's got like another 30 seconds left to go. A bowling ball. Push the nail through his head. He's dead. You win. Santa ends up killing everyone. Last showdown with John Leguizamo. He taps the side of his nose and pulls him up a chimney where Santa can go, but John Leguizamo cannot and gets turned into body chunks. That's 
pretty good. And then Santa succumbs to his wounds Uh and is about to die, but is rescued by everyone saying they believe in him. (laughs) And the reindeer come back and Mrs. Claus has given him his real hammer and another sack full of presents because his original sack got burned up by the bad guys. Santa gets the meaning of Christmas back. It's about togetherness. It's about family. It's about making the children smile. Through murder. Through murder. (laughs) He needed to unwind a little. He needed to kick back. Knock a few people's brains out. Everybody needs a good murder spree every once in a while. The end. uh, The family learns that they need to be nicer to each other. Blah, blah, blah. Split the $300 million once you steal it from the terrorists. Don't keep it to yourself. Oh, they burned some of the money to keep Santa warm as he's dying from his wounds. Oh, they really did learn the meaning of Christmas. Burn your money. Mm -hmm. Just throw it away on stuff no one's going to want. Oh, yeah. The money was hidden. The nativity scene out front. He was going to retrieve it later. In the baby Jesus or up Mary's hoo-ha? No, in the hay, sadly. Okay. Yeah. But baby Jesus is used as a weapon at one point. As he is in everyday life. <laughs> like, I'm skipping over a lot here, but all of this was so fucking heartwarming. Like, through the violence, you could just see Santa's heart growing. How the Grinch murdered Christmas. <laughs> like, it wasn't even played for laughs. You could just see Santa getting back into the meaning of Christmas, getting his mojo back, the family coming together slowly. The message of Christmas and kindness is the underlying theme. It's not something tacked on to make it a Christmas movie. It's a movie about Christmas. So the meaning of Christmas is like the heart of the film and they built the murder plot on top of that instead of trying to like retroactively justify the murder plot with some kind of hokey, oh, yay, Christmas nonsense. Exactly. Interesting. The theme is not the subversion. No, it's it's half Hallmark movie, half Die Hard. This is not Die Hard. It's a little diehard. Really? It sounds so gory, and diehard is not. Uh, we're going to say diehard is predicated on gore? That's that's your diehard scale? Yes. <laughs> I don't know how I'm wrong. Diehard's not gory. <laughs> you just described a really... I mean, because it's a caper? Is that because it's one guy sneaking around trying to take out a bunch of terrorists on his own. But is he barefoot? He is not. See, then it's not a Die Hard reference. You gotta be barefoot. He pulls Die Hard on Blu-ray out of his Christmas sack. Fine. I lose. (laughs) But the movie is just filled with things like that. It's letting you know its heritage. It's letting you know the makeup of its DNA, where it's coming from. Before I get into that, I'm just going to do a quick rundown of the history of Christmas horror and how this is all playing with Violent Night. Christmas has been put into movies as far back as the 30s in movies that it's not a Christmas movie. But the first real Christmas horror, as far as I'm aware, was the first segment of the 1972 Tales from the Crypt movie. I don't know if you've seen this, you probably haven't, but a madman escapes from a psychiatric institute and stalks around the house of a woman dressed in a Santa suit that he stole from somewhere. And the woman has just killed her husband and is trying to hide the body. So she can't call the police about it. So it's this cat and mouse game with a crazed Santa trying to break in. Spoiler alert, the daughter ends up letting him in because he's Santa. (laughs) I love it. I just love (laughs) it so much. (laughs) We'll watch it sometime. It's pretty great. Tales from the Crypt was an anthology movie, so it was just one segment. The first full-length Christmas horror film was Black Christmas filmed in 1974, and it's widely considered the first slasher, the template that all the other ones were based off of. Lone killer in the house stalking sorority girls. The call is coming from inside the house came from this movie. 
Really? Yeah. It's like buried in Slasher canon. It was directed by Bob Clark, who was also responsible for the teen sex comedy movies, starting with Porky's. They feel related, though, don't they? Yes, they do. (laughs) Targeted at teenage boys. Do you want to murder the women or screw the women? But you know what other movie he did? A Christmas Story. (laughs) Tongue to the flagpole, you're going to shoot your eye out, kid. Wow, this man had range. This man had range. <laughs> this man invented genres wholesale and just went with it. I would like a deep dive on this man, please. <laughs> he sounds really interesting. All right, we're going to jump ahead to when the first controversy really erupted over Christmas movies. All of these were like little flash in the pan things, didn't really affect the cultural consciousness until Silent Night, Deadly Night in 1984. It's a movie about this kid from a orphanage who is told to be good after a guy in a Santa suit killed his parents, and then decides once he's put in a Santa suit at a toy store, he's a little mentally troubled. Oh, I see where this is going. This is very slasher. And then he goes around in a Santa suit killing everyone and saying, naughty. Yeah. (laughs) This is very Michael Myers. Well, he talks more than Michael Myers, but yes. But isn't that Michael Myers' like entire thing? He's, He's murdering people who had sex because when he was a child, he saw his sister having sex. Something like that, yeah. Anyway, he does kill people having sex. He also kills sledders for some reason. People sledding? Yeah. Takes his head clean off with a baseball swing as he's coming down the hill. (laughs) They were just like, this will be awesome. Who cares if it makes sense? (laughs) They shouldn't have been sledding at night. Oh, see, that does make it a crime. Yeah. You know, you can't have fun at night. Parks close at night. Fun shuts down. Mm -hmm. This came out and the shit hit the fucking fan. The backlash was huge. A lot of it was because of the ads showing a guy in a Santa suit, his arm coming out of a chimney, holding an axe. I don't think you understand how bad this was. Dan Rather led the evening news with it. I mean, this is around the same time as the whole satanic panic, so moms were looking for things to be angry about. Oh, yeah, we are in the 80s. Can we not blame moms? Must we blame moms? No, we must. don't have to blame moms, but let's say busybodies. Okay, fine. Karen's. <laughs> I also hate Karen, but whatever. It's all sexism all the way down. I just want to be sexist right now, but not forever. (laughs) This is our one free pass for the night. After this, feminism (laughs) all the fucking way, we promise. Anyway, Siskel and Ebert on their show, Siskel read out the production companies and said, shame on you. He wanted everyone to be aware who made this movie. Are you serious? I am serious. Wow. Mickey Rooney of child star fame came out against the movie publicly, loudly, led the charge. This should not be happening. It's corrupting our kids' youth. This is amazing. Fun story. Mickey Rooney ended up starring in Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 5. <laughs> when the paycheck is good, the paycheck is good. Uh, when he was doing it, it was called Toy Maker. They just slapped the Silent Night, Deadly Night on top of it at the end. Okay, yeah. But still, nice Nice little bit of irony. Citizens Against Movie Madness was formed to combat this. Parents were picketing theaters. They organized. They organized more effectively than labor unions right now. <laughs> yes. The movie was pulled after two weeks from theater because of all the backlash. They pulled it? They pulled it. Man, these days they just be like, thanks for the publicity. Right? I mean, almost every home movie release between then and now has campaigned on the movie they didn't want you to see. And this was literally the movie they didn't want you to see. Some TV networks moved the ads so they were past the watershed hour. Like you couldn't even see the Green Band trailer for it or whatever this similar thing was back then on TV. The director loved it. Obviously, he was like, yeah, I'll fucking go on 60 Minutes and talk about my movie. 
Oh, good for him. Who is he? Uh, some dude. No one cares about him. Well, he never got to direct again because of the backlash. He had to move on to be a producer. Oh, I hope he got paid better and had less work. <laughs> anyway, um, there were some shots in this and some dialogue in Violent Night that directly mirrored this movie because they knew where they were coming from. Santa does go around killing people and saying, naughty. <laughs> and instead of an axe, he has a hammer to take off people's heads. Still, I mean, a blunt force weapon is a blunt force weapon. Or is an axe a slicey slicer? A slicey slicer, yes. Does an axe have more in common with a butter knife or a hammer? Its mother was a hammer. Its father was a butter knife. <laughs> yeah, so Violent Night is paying homage to this. It knows its audience. Well, it hopes it knows its audience. I don't know how many people are actually going to pick up on these things who are as deep into the Christmas horror au revoir as I am. There's clearly enough that they got in a room together and they made this film. Oh, so God, yes. They exist. Anyway, same year Gremlins came out. Not quite as much backlash, but still Christmas horror. Well, they moved it to June. And partly why they made the PG-13 rating. Oh, right. They invented PG-13 for Gremlins, didn't they? There was, I think, one movie before it. But yes, they realized that, hey, Indiana Jones is rated PG and they rip a dude's heart out in that. So... Oh, no, the first one was face melting. That was PG. When they ripped the guy's heart out, they're like, oh, we need a new rating for this. Gremlins continued the Christmas tradition or just built on it. They weren't in competition with each other. It's just these two ideas coming together at the same time. Horror and Christmas, peanut butter and chocolate. They go together really well. More people built on that idea. Invasion USA in 1985. Chuck Norris stops an invasion of the usa weirdly enough and the scenes in the middle of the movie take place around christmas someone leaves a bomb in a shopping mall at christmas because you know those were filled back then not today when it'd just be like a ghost town post-covid post-online shopping what's a mall right so like are we being invaded by christmas elves we are not we are being invaded by it's never really clear i bet they thought that was real clever Mm -hmm. chuck norris stops them But a lot of the middle part of the movie is Christmas-themed. There is someone trying to blow up a church doing their Christmas service. It's just these two great tastes that work together, and people are realizing that and incorporating it more and more. The backlash has grown a little bit. People are saying, oh, get this bloody stuff out of our Christmas movies. You're going to destroy the spirit of Christmas. Exactly. Ernest saves Christmas. Do you know the Ernest movies? No. Do you know Slinky the Dog from Toy Story? Actually, yes. All right, that's Jim Varney. He did a fuck ton of movies with this character named Ernest P. Worrell. I don't even want to call him a hick. I'm not sure what he is. He's a Floridian. He plays this floor idiot character that goes around and says dumb things and has a rubber face and has a heart of gold. It's funny, weirdly. I loved it as a kid. His second movie, Ernest Saves Christmas, after Ernest goes to camp, where he has to help Santa choose his successor. These movies are really obsessed with, like, who's going to take over from Santa. Right? It's a lot less legalese than the Santa Claus. It's just like, hey, you, Mr. Rogers lookalike, you're going to be the next Santa. That's basically what the Santa Claus boils down to. I don't think Tim Allen's ever mistaken for Mr. Rogers. Oof, oof. I still can't do that. You cannot. Oof, oof, oof. <laughs> 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 Again, he's trying to be a gorilla, not a small chihuahua. Anyway, an entire subplot of Ernest Saves Christmas is how the Mr. Rogers character got fired from his Mr. Rogers job and is looking for a new job and gets headhunted for a movie that is a Christmas horror movie. And obviously this is completely upsetting to the main cast because why would you do this to Christmas? 
But that's how much it had entered the cultural consciousness. That's how much everyone was aware of the idea of this blood and guts going with Christmas and how society was against it, that it showed up in a fucking earnest movie. Also, same year, Die Hard. Ta-da! We've made it to the Barefoot Prince himself. Yes, Christmas and violence. Like I said earlier, uh, Santa in his magic sack pulls a Die Hard DVD, sorry, Blu-ray disc. Get it right. Nobody buys DVDs. Yeah, true. Uh, Pulls a Blu-ray out of his sack. They're just going to nod and fucking wink to everything. It's Santa running around. He's John McClane, but with a better beard. After that, we come to Home Alone. Everyone's going to be familiar with. I feel like Home Alone has entered the cultural consciousness a little more than Die Hard. You're indoctrinated young and everyone passes it on to their kids. It tones down the violence and the gore, but in its bones, it's still a Christmas horror movie. Are you going to argue with me on that? I can see. Absolutely not. I actually don't like Home Alone. (laughs) No, I mean, if you listen to this podcast, who is surprised by Carolyn not liking something? I think Home Alone is a disgusting, horrifying little film, and I cannot stand that people watch it with their children. (laughs) On repeat. I, I think it's gross. I don't think it's funny at all. It's slapstick. Honey, that is not slapstick. Yeah, the violence is there. The kid basically brutalizes these people. One of them tra- threatens to bite his finger off. There's a story about murder and the guy hiding bodies in his salt. It's all there. It's a Christmas horror movie toned down for a younger audience. Would you say that this is the first one that combines Christmas horror with Christmas heart? Or is that Die Hard? No, I'm going to say this is the first one that really goes for it. That's really trying to make a Christmas classic while using the fundamentals of Christmas horror. And not okay. just going for a cheap scare based on Christmas, going for the controversy. They succeeded in they that did. particular regard. Fun fact, John Hughes wrote that movie. I did know that. John Hughes wrote it, Chris Columbus directed it, and... And that was the rest of Chris Columbus's career. Oh, that guy who's good with children. Yeah. He made that one Christmas uh-huh. movie. Yep. Never gets to direct an adult movie ever again in his life. But after that, the idea of Christmas and violence was just kind of accepted in the cultural consciousness. Batman Returns kind of cemented that. It's Batman at Christmas beating up the Penguin's goons because... Merry Christmas, exactly. you buffoons. Exactly. You buffoons. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, jumping back to Home Alone. So yeah, um, they open the movie with the mom and the daughter picking up the dad, and the girl greets him with, Merry Christmas, you filthy animal. Just because she'd watched Home Alone once she escapes the terrorists. Oh, 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 I thought you meant like literally in Home Alone. This no. Is in, this is in Violent this Night. This is in Violent Night. Oh, that's funny. That's funny. Once she escapes the terrorists, she goes up to the attic and starts making traps. Oh, so she's like straight inspired by Home Alone. Oh, God, yeah. Like, like, this, like is- this isn't just, oh, we're referencing this. No, she was inspired by this. And it turns out, hey, those harmless little traps that Kevin made, they actually have consequences. Uh, she's chased by two goons into her attic stronghold. One of them gets nailed first through his chin oh. up into his mouth. Okay. And then a nail to the head pounded in by a bowling ball. He's dead. Yeah, yeah, he is dead. She has murdered that man. But it's cool. She's got the true meaning of Christmas behind her. So It's acceptable because he was a terrorist. Yes. Murder doesn't count when that's a bad guy. Yes. Uh, his accomplice, she goes up. She gets the sticky boot trap where she has to lose her shoes, then walk over Christmas ornaments. There's blood there, obviously. Uh, she gets something stuck to the back of her head. I'm blanking now. I really wish I'd written these down. Rips it off, and you can see a bloody patch of hair come away. Oh, she's scalped herself. Yes. She gets bowling balls thrown at her. So it's Home Alone, but grown up. 
they're saying, yeah, Home Alone is a Christmas horror movie. You see this shit, what would happen in real life or in a movie that has a better grasp on physics? Better grasp on physics. (laughs) So Christmas horror has gotten more and more prevalent as the years have gone on, but also more and more... Horrifying? I'm going to say bullshit. Oh, okay. Because everyone and their mother is now doing a Christmas horror movie. Yeah, so they're just like pat and boring and they're not really going for it. Until Violent Night. But yeah, before this, most recent ones that really come to mind are Santa's Sleigh. I mean, I like the pun game for a lot of these. Right? I think I think the pun game is strong. I've fallen out of love with it just because it's started to grate on me over the years. But anyway, Santa's a demon. I uh, was tricked by a game of curling into being nice for 2,000 years. Okay, so is he like, this isn't funny at all because it doesn't seem related to Christmas. Exactly. You can just plug in any kind of story. Right? It's not built on Christmas. No, it's got Christmas trappings tacked on top of it for the controversy. They're like, haha, we put a demon in a Santa suit. But like, I mean, you could have put a demon in any kind of He suit. looks like Santa Santa. He's not looking like a demon. He's just Satan's kid. No, it's still dumb. Yep. It's still dumb. Because I like Christmas murder, it it tickled me for a while. Because it's a guy in a Santa suit going around killing people, making Christmas puns. But is he saying naughty? No, he's not. He's not respecting what came before him. Ugh, God, I can't stand those people. I liked Christmas movies when they were Christmas movies. Yes, I'm a Christmas horror hipster. I like Christmas horror before it was cool. Yes, thank Thank you. you. Thank you. (laughs) They made a remake of Silent Night, Deadly Night, just called Silent Night. They missed the whole important part of that. Yeah. (laughs) They got the dumb part. Yep. And they lost the entire idea behind it. It's just Santa comes to town and starts murdering people. There's a hint of who it could be. But other than that, it's just creative Santa scenes where he goes and kills everyone at a porno shoot or sets people on fire. Wow, we've just upped the stakes meaninglessly. Right? Largely forgettable. Krampus came out recently. He's trying to recapture the magic of like Gremlins where it's an all ages kind of Christmas horror movie. But you're drawing a complete blank because that's how quickly it came and went. Yeah, they're coming out a dime a dozen. A movie came out literally called A Christmas Horror Story. That does make me sad. It's just not funny. <laughs> they found a niche. They're marketing to it. There's a couple anthology films. What Christmas Horror Story is one. All the Creatures Were Stirring is another one. They're these almost good. Almost, almost good. good. Yep. A Cadaver Christmas came out as well. What is it even a play on? Nothing. A cadaver Christmas? Nothing whatsoever. It's Zombies at Christmas. Oh. It sounds like it's almost a pun. A Merry Christmas? A Cadaver Christmas? Oh, you're reaching here. You can just let it go. It's 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 not a thing. <laughs> okay. Uh, but yeah, the market's just been flooded, and I feel like it needed something like Violent Night to come along and say, guys, quit dicking around. This is actually a really cool concept have fun with it this is serious business this is serious fucking business now laugh (laughs) get the joke serious the joke is built in you guys you don't just get to make a horror movie and slap christmas on top of it as an aesthetic christmas by itself can be horrifying i mean all the money you have to spend and the gifts you have to buy and And the way that you fail everything right and the family you have to endure and smile and the food you have to eat I mean, some of the food's really good. Some of the though. food's really good, and then there's and then there's figgy pudding. Fuck you, figgy what pudding. Is figgy pudding. <laughs> I feel like Violent Night really plays into that. It comes with the horror of having to interact with family you really don't want to. Violent Night just has Christmas in spades. It's about Christmas. It 
plays into Christmas tropes. Like I said, it's half Hallmark movie, half murder spree. It's got these moments that are pulled directly from a Hallmark movie where someone just gets up and spouts the corniest bullshit you can think of. And what we all need is to just band together and believe in ourselves. I mean, that's basically the ending. Yeah, everyone gets together. The mean Grandma Gertrude, the shallow daughter and her son Bertrude and the main family, they all get together and say, you know what? I do believe in Santa Claus. Cause this, this sounds like it's like, not only is it just a Christmas movie and does it have like good violence, but it sounds genuinely funny. Yeah. And like self-aware in a good way. And then also it just sounds like it's kind of lampooning the American family a little bit. Yeah. I think we're all in the mood for that right now. Yep. Good zeitgeist, guys. <laughs> it's violence as a thin veneer on top of something that could air on the 25 Days of Christmas on ABC. Violent Night is not a subversion of Christmas movies. It doesn't sound like. No, it's not subverting them at all. It is playing full force into the tropes. It's just like, what if a murder spree happened on Christmas? Mm -hmm. Like, what if Elf had a murder spree? (laughs) So were Christmas horror movies ever a subversion of Christmas films? Okay, so Christmas Evil, made in 1980, completely forgotten. Uh, It's about a toy maker who goes around making toys for the good little kids and then murdering bad adults. And in the end, as he's escaping from the police, he jumps off the roof, but turns out he's flying away in a sleigh. So he's Santa. It's left unclear if he's just imagining that or if he is Santa now. It's got a lot of heartwarming stuff mixed in with the murder. So I feel like that's the best subversion of a Christmas movie put into horror context. So it exists, but it's not It's not what the, the genre actually is. No, no. A lot of the genre is just, hey, it's Christmas. People are getting murdered. Is the team who made it progressive? And do progressive people who think about diversity and stuff just want to murder people at Christmas? Or is it just like, <laughs> um, like do those things go together? I hate capitalism and I hate Christmas. I see these this is made by someone who doesn't hate Christmas though. This is made by someone who wants Christmas to mean what they think it should mean. They think it should be kindness to other people. They think it should be uh working to love your family and be less consumerist obviously because if you're killing people with 300 million dollars, I mean I could see doing that, but you shouldn't. <laughs> And so, yeah, these are people who love Christmas, but like me, also love a little bloodshed. And if Santa needed a little bloodshed to get his mojo back, that's what we're going to go with. At the end of the day, what we've learned is that like slasher films, Christmas has a very black and white morality to it. And so they just go together. There are good guys and there are bad guys. And Santa is there to judge them all. When you get to those pearly gates, guess who you see? Ho, ho, ho. Or naughty. (laughs) So yeah, that is my overview of Christmas horror movies and Violent Night. It is a hard recommend. If you guys liked this, and if we manage to do this podcast for an entire year, maybe we will be treated. It'll be an annual thing. Eric's Christmas extravaganza. This is We Used to Be the Smart Kids. I'm Eric. And I'm Carolyn. Ho, ho, ho.
Thanks for listening. Our intro music is from Tim Beak. You can find him at timbeak.com. And our outro music is by One Man Symphony. And you can find them at onemansymphony.com.